So a lot of you listening to the show ask me all the time, Mike, how is this podcast free? It's like you're not charging us per episode. Where do you make your money? Well, the only way I can keep us afloat is by signing uh, deals with sponsors and affiliates. And oftentimes, many of you want to donate to the show, but you just don't have that exposed disposable income. I get it. I understand completely. One of the best ways to support us is signing up for one of our affiliate programs. And one of my favorites, uh, just because of how fucking hilarious their marketing campaign is, is Manscaped. Have you guys heard of Manscaped? I'm sure you have listening to other podcasts. If you are thinking about cleaning up your act, right? If you want to, let's just say the lawn's getting a little too long, you know, you're getting itchy and you got to do some cleanup. Maybe you're finally, you got your shit together and you've got a date and you're just concerned. <laughs> then head on over to Manscaped. Support for In Love With The Process is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, the champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Good one, guys. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. I've used it. It works. You've heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off, free worldwide shipping with our show's promo code, which is listed below in the description of the episode. Super easy. Uh, check it out at manscaped.com. Um, let's see, what else do they have for talking points here? Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. Cute, guys. I am one of the first people to try out the 4.0. This is true. And I was very impressed with the performance in the craftsmanship. It feels good in your hand. I actually like the little light that's on it. I don't know if you guys have had the same scenario where if you're trying to clean up in darker areas and you're in the bathroom and that overhead light, you got that you got that head shadows. So you're like bending over awkwardly, trying to like position yourself over a contrasting color to make sure you haven't missed anything. You know what I'm saying? Without getting too graphic. <laughs> Like I said, get 20% off and free shipping with our promo code listed within the description of this episode at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com using the In Love With The Process promo code listed within the description of this episode. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Listening to the brand new episode of In Love with the Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy. Welcome to my show. 
Hi. Welcome. Come on in. Take a seat. Get ready. We're going to talk about some fun stuff today. I'm very, very excited about today's episode. And I have to give credit. Today's episode was suggested by one of our listeners. Um, I got a message on my Instagram account at Mike Petchy, and it was, have you seen this? And they sent the Instagram account. Uh, and uh, I was like, I want to see you. I want to know more. <laughs> I was blown away by it. And I wanted to know more. And uh, one of the listeners hooked me up and uh, we made today's episode happen. So big shout out. To all of you guys listening and you ladies listening to the show, like I say in the past, if you want to have a specific topic addressed on this show, reach out to me. I'm always looking for ideas, especially when it's a great idea, like today's episode is. Um, and uh, let's talk a little bit about it, right? Let's talk about movie posters. Let's talk about cinema experiences. Let's talk about movie watching experiences. How many of you listening still get together with your friends and uh, put on a real cheesy, trashy film from your history, drink beers, eat pizza, and scream at the television. Do you guys still do that? It's one of the things I love to do as a kid. Uh, I'm lucky enough and fortunate enough to be out here in Los Angeles where there's a lot of screenings of classic films. Uh, back in Boston, I used to do screenings. I used to do screenings uh, with my buddy Tony, and we would do what we called subcult cinema once a month we would screen our favorite movies from growing up and we'd open it up to uh, our friends, our clients, the people that we loved, people that we work with. We'd fill a theater with like 50 people, 60 people, whatever it was. Um, and they hit a point where we started to commission custom posters, custom movie posters per each event. I always liked that idea. I had seen it before. It's not an idea I'd come up with on my own. Uh, I was, you know, taking note from other screenings from other states. Uh, and uh, we commissioned a bunch of really great movie posters, fun posters that I think hold up to the actual film posters. And it gets me thinking, reminds me, it takes me back, takes me back to going into the video store, you know, like walking down that forbidden aisle, walking down the forbidden horror section aisle and just staring at these crazy fucking movie posters. Remember the old Hellraiser posters? Nightmare on Elm Street posters are amazing posters. And just seeing the stuff that I didn't know anything about and sort of creating the story in my head just based upon the movie posters. And there was many times where you'd see a movie poster that had subject material that had nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> I remember watching some of these old movies and going, why the fuck was the movie poster scene? That isn't here. Um, but I loved that. I loved that about the entire experience. And for me, making movies is that too. I love uh, really good merch, really great movie poster art, uh, really good concept art. It's all a part of it. And this is what I like about cinema. This is what I like about films is that it draws in so many different creative folks, not just to make the movie. You're talking about cinematographers and costume designers and concept artists and key art artists, all that kind of stuff to make the image and make the vision uh, come to life. But then after this, and this is what's even fascinating to me after this, there's a whole group of people and artists and fans that create their own art. And it really sort of brings me to what today's episode is all about, which I'm fucking excited 
to talk about with you guys. Uh, Ghanaian movie posters. What do you guys know about Ghanaian movie posters, right? Strange. Like, what is Ghanaian? Where is this from? It's from West Africa. What? All right. So take a moment here. Go on Instagram, because I know you're probably listening on your phone. Go on Instagram and head out over to Deadly Prey Gallery on Instagram. So that's Deadly Prey Gallery, right? Take a click on it right now. We'll do it together. <laughs> Take a look at these movie posters. Let's, I'm going to pull some up specifically here while I'm talking to you. How about the one for Groundhog Day? <laughs> This movie poster kills me. If you're not looking at it right now, I'll describe it to you. There is a poster, Groundhog Day, is written across the top in kind of like a spooky font. And there is a picture, a painting of a giant man-eating groundhog. That is like bit Ned Ryerson in half. And there are all these screaming people underneath it with an image of uh, Bill Murray and his brother behind. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, it's one of my favorites. But if you scroll down through, you see all these amazing hand-drawn, slightly weird. The proportions are off. Some of the things that happen in these movies, you're like, what the fuck? There's a, where was it? There was a Halloween one where Michael Myers has a sniper rifle. <laughs> what is he doing? So regardless, these are amazing. And uh, I'll be completely transparent with you. And we'll get into it more in the episode. But the first time I saw one of these posters, I was doing a general. I took a general meeting at a big producer's office. I'll tell you about it later. But I ended up stepping into the, uh, into the uh, reception area. And behind the desk, there was this giant hand-painted poster of the of of this movie i'll let you know when you listen to the show and i was like where the fuck did this come from <laughs> did they get like are these like students that are painting these things and i couldn't believe the office that i was in for it i can't wait for you guys to hear it i'm teasing you on it because we'll we'll talk about it um so on today's episode i really want to get into what the fuck Ghanaian movie posters are where do they come from what is the story behind these things? Because there has to be a story and it's becoming this sort of underground cult movement for movie posters. Because every once in a while, one of these things shows up and I'm like, where did this come from? So fucking rad. And today I'm very fortunate because I was able to get uh, Brian Chenkin on the show who is in charge or he's the uh, one of the owners of the Deadly Prey Gallery and he works directly with the Ghanaian artists. He works directly with uh, the artists in West Africa and um, helps commission these posters, helps sell these posters here uh, in the US and uh, all the money goes to these artists. So it's a really crazy, fun story and I don't wanna put it off too long. I want you guys to get ready. We're gonna dig in deep into Brian's history. We talk about how he used to run a movie store. He had uh, a place in Chicago called um, Odd Obsession Movies. And we talk about bootleg uh, VHSs. We talk about the entire experience. So if you're someone my age, this you're going to love this because you, you're going to go back in time and remember all of our favorite things about 
VHS and video stores and movie posters. And if you're someone younger listening to the show, I think this is going to open your mind up to the experiences that you can currently have because these posters are currently being commissioned. These artists are like, they have a commission line that takes over a year to get work done. Um, and it's just the excitement around these films, the excitement that this stuff stirs around watching movies together. Uh, you know my deal. I love that shit. Uh, so before we get into it, I want to thank everybody that has been following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy and following the podcast at Love of the Process Pod on Instagram. Like I said, today's show wouldn't have happened without the feedback from the listeners. This is a thank you to you guys. This is I, I'm following through. I'm doing the episodes that you're suggesting, and I think this is one of my favorites. You'll see. I don't stop laughing through this whole episode. Uh, so uh, very excited about that. So thank you, everybody, that's been following. We've got a bunch of new sponsors. we got a bunch of new things on the horizon. I'm trying to work out some new contests. Oh, there's a lot of things that I really want to talk about, but I don't want to ruin them yet. So stand, stand by, stick around, and a big hello and welcome to all the new listeners of the show. Our numbers are, are fucking smoking hot right now. Everybody seems to be listening to the show. So I'm excited that you're here. Uh, I know today's episode is going to be a big hit. Uh, so let, fuck it, Mike. Let's just get right to it. All right? So you know the deal. Grab those noise-canceling headphones. Crank them up. Get ready to laugh and be excited and be astounded uh, on the brand new episode of In Love With The Process.
Hey, Brian, thanks for joining me on the show today. How are you, dude? Hey, Mike, I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> where Where are you calling from? Where am I? Where am I talking to you? I'm in uh, sunny, beautiful Chicago Ooh, right now. Nice. I love Chicago, man. I love that city. Uh, isn't it great? Uh, I, it's It's uh, It's It's not it, It's It's not where I'd ideally be for for too much longer because I cannot handle I can't handle this weather anymore. I'm getting. <laughs> old for it or some i don't know what it is but man no <laughs> well you're talking to an east coast kid and i love the snow i love all that stuff and i yeah. begrudgingly came out here to los angeles my girlfriend loves me for it she's like it's so nice although this time of year she's like it's fucking cold out i'm like it's like 60 degrees come on <laughs> oh stop it yeah I'm, I'm i'm from i'm from albuquerque so i mean i'm you know i'm i'm uh I'm I'm bred into that. It's it's, it's uh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> uh, well, I'm excited to have you on the show. Obviously, you're a movie nerd. I'm a movie nerd. Um, I am a huge fan of uh, the Ghanaian uh, movie posters. Really excited about that. Um, so let's uh, let's dive into it. Um, so you do you still is it i don't know if it's is it still open you you were running the odd obsessions movie store right is that, is that hey, still open? i sure was uh we uh closed up um in when was it yeah pr pretty much when the uh pretty much when the pandemic started oh. and restrictions came into play and yeah i mean i mean but to tell you the truth we were pretty much ready around that time anyway so yeah. <laughs> it was it was it was unfortunately the culprit you know yeah but uh but um, yeah, I mean, I I don't think we had too much longer um, d doing it in that way. Uh, luckily, though, we saved uh, we saved the entire collection, so we have the entire collection of twenty five thousand movies in storage right now. Wow! I just I just couldn't bear to have some sort of closing sale or something like that. Yeah, I wanted it to be like something that you know. Maybe another person, maybe not me, but maybe somebody someday could just pick up that whole collection and open a store again. You know, <laughs> obviously you're a collector, so um, it, it's a, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did so? Let's go back to the beginning because I look, I love this stuff. I'm a huge advocate of like watching movies with people and crowds and getting together and having movies being experienced. And I, you know, miss the video store experience. I miss all that kind of stuff. Um, when did you fall in love with movies? Like, when did it start? Do you remember your first favorite film? Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah. I mean, it must have been, I, you know, I was quite young. I, I was, uh, I, I don't know, seven or eight, maybe, when I really started uh, realizing uh, realizing what movies were. Really? Um, and not just, you know, and not just cartoons and all that stuff, but like actually sitting, sitting down and watching a, and watching a movie, uh, you know, thankfully my dad was really into movies. So I would just sit around and watch movies with him. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the first movie I remember loving, uh, was the movie armed and dangerous. <laughs> um, oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, what John Candy. Yeah, John Candy and Eugene Levy. That's uh, right. And Meg Ryan, right? Wasn't Meg she? Meg Ryan, yes. right, right. And then all kinds of just cool, uh, you know, just cool character actors from back in the day. And um, I, uh, what's his name? Um, the director who I just freaking love. And uh, I can't remember anyone's name anymore. <laughs> That's a... Uh, um, who, who, hold on, I'm looking it up right now. Who directed Armed? Oh, man, why am I... Oh, Mark L. Lester. There we go. Oh, okay. 
yeah, yeah. A class in 1984. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Commando. Yeah. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, he, so um, that might be the that might be the first movie I really like. I really like laughed at as a kid and just thought was hilarious <laughs> and like all this cool gunplay and it had a certain amount of like you know there's no real sex in it or anything but it was it was implied at times uh-huh. and, and I don't know yeah it was like one of this perfect movie to grow up with and I loved John Candy oh uh, yeah so, oh yeah yeah. Come I think on. every kid loved John Candy. Oh, come on. He was the uncle that that you didn't have, you know, like uh, Uncle like Uncle Buck. I mean, his cameo in uh, Home Alone is just amazing. He's, yeah, unreal. Oh, he's so great. And the, uh, the stories or the behind the scenes stories about how he almost was in Ghostbusters. He almost did Rick Moranis' part. Uh, wow. Which would have been a whole different movie. Wow. wow so different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great select, man. That's really cool. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so uh, I don't know how old you are. Was this was this VHS territory or was this DVD territory? This is, this is VHS territory. I'm, I'm 42. Okay. So we're right there. Uh, we're together. Got it. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We, we grew up at a great time for VHSs. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh yeah, I mean I mean, you know, that we had we had the uh we had the video rental um the video rental section in the grocery store, so that's where we would rent our movies. Um <laughs> and you know, I don't know if we saw I, I might have seen Armed and Dangerous on HBO or something like that because you know, we, we had HBO and that was that was pretty cool to have back in the day. Yeah. Um, and uh and uh you know, after I saw Armed and Dangerous on, on on HBO, I needed to I needed to rent the movie like every week. So whenever we went to the uh, whenever we went to the grocery store, I would make my mom rent it for me. <laughs> you know, and and then I got into renting movies. Then I was like, whoa, there's movies out here like this. This is cool. So yeah, it was this it was a Skaggs Alpha Beta grocery store in Albuquerque. <laughs> uh, and they're, they're, man, yeah, they were the inspiration, honestly, early on, I think, for uh, for uh, for my later video store. Oh, dude. I mean, it's so funny how the home video store became such an inspiration for me as a director and for my work. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we had, I can't remember the name of it right now, but we had this home video store that was really cool. It was this tiny little spot sandwich between like a pizza shop and like a travel agency or something. And you go in and the floors were all warped. <laughs> Like they had water damage at one point. And so you'd walk into this crickety floor. Felt like you're walking into like the bowels of a pirate ship. And there was a, a dude behind the counter that was always wearing like, I don't want to say leather chaps, but he had like, <laughs> a, he had like a leather vest on. And kind of video story. And uh, I remember just going into this spot and just being wow. They had these tiny little aisles. And there were movie posters like plastered everywhere. And I was, you know, young when I first went in there. And so my mom wouldn't let me go into the horror section. But I just remember like, like the Chud movie, but like the little green guy coming out of a fucking toilet. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. It, was, it was this incredibly scary sort of section that I wasn't allowed to go down. Um, yeah. And just like the impression that movie posters had on me and the impression that VHS covers had on me really shaped the film going experience for, for a lot of it, you know? Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I fully agree with you that like, yeah, you know, in every video store growing up, you know, and I guess in every video store later, uh, 
there was always a forbidden territory. I mean, if the, if the video <laughs> store was good, there was going to be a forbidden territory. And sometimes multiple levels of forbidden yes, territory. Yes, yes. So Great, because like, I remember, uh, geez, I remember Major Video was this other one. It later turned into a blockbuster, but that was another kind of defining video store growing up for me. Mm -hmm. And I remember the freaking Kung Fu section was rugged as hell, you know? <laughs> like, like, like you didn't even want, you know, you didn't want kids going near there. Imagine that. And I remember, I remember the covers of some of these Kung Fu movies being like severed limbs and like, you know, like, it was wild, you know, I mean, let alone getting into the horror area. That's a whole new level. And then like, if we even knew it, you know, yeah. there's probably some sort of like ultimate, like, pornography or softcore layer in the video <laughs> yeah. store that's completely undiscovered by the kids until they until they do discover it, I guess. Yeah, there was like that weird, through the beads over the door, there was this yeah. weird back room that like strange dudes would go in and out of. And you're like, what, yeah. what's back there? And the guy's like, you don't want to go back there, kid. Boring, <laughs> <Lord>, kid. <laughs> I love that shit, man. And there was something so fascinating about not being exposed uh, to trailers. Like with now with the internet, we're exposed to teasers and trailers and like spoilers. And But at the time, uh, maybe for like major stuff, you'd see an ad in a newspaper, there'd be a big spread for like the new Spielberg movie, or you'd see trailers running on television for upcoming blockbuster releases that they want to put together. But a uh, majority of like these smaller independent horror stuff your first impression was essentially the fucking cover. And when you look at it, you start to formulate like your own impressions of what this movie's gonna be. It sort of sets this weird sort of expectation. Um, and it was just fun. It was, it was almost like being Indiana Jones and like descending into, you know, this tomb of like weird treasures. And, and, and no matter what you got, even if it sucked, you'd watch the whole thing because uh, you, you had to go get it, you know? Right. I mean, I mean, with that search comes a, uh, you know, comes a certain, uh, you know, not only comes in a certain affiliation to what you now have to invest, you know, invest two hours or an hour and a half of time in. But yeah, I mean, you kind of have to own it for that time, especially if you, uh, if you pay for it, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, it's very special, very cool stuff. And you know, and then Blockbuster started to show up and it was buying out a lot of the smaller spots and whatever. You still got your thing, but it was a kind of a different experience with Blockbuster, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, of course, you didn't have, I mean, really, yeah, they, they got rid of those sections. Or if they had the movies and they still might have even had some of those cool movies that have these cool posters we're talking about that might or might not be super horrific or inappropriate. But those movies were then kind of like, huddled into other sections maybe mm -hmm. uh, and obviously organization is everything in a video store uh yeah so yeah yeah i mean i think that's really uh, a whole nother topic maybe but um but uh <laughs> but um that's kind of yeah we're, we're like when blockbusters took over um certain mom and pop video stores yeah that was what that was like a big thing that was that was missed yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, that curation, that, that that specific curation and that taste from whoever was running the video store. Right, right. And chances are the workers at Blockbuster knew, you know, knew what they were talking about because I always remember like they'd have the employee recommendations in yes. Blockbuster or, 
Hollywood or whatever, and they'd always be pretty cool. You know, you're just like, huh, this doesn't really go along with uh, the rest of the story so much. They, they, they found the cool movies. <laughs> you, know? you know, they only had like one copy of each of those two. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. No uh, doubt. So, so uh, what led you to actually opening up a store and putting a store together? Um, uh, pretty easy. I, I had too many movies and I had, I, I'm, I'm naturally somewhat businesslike. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I have to find, you know, I know that I'm an obsessive, uh, person as far as collecting goes. Um, and when I get into my thing, I'm, I'm going to get into it. So of course you have to figure out a way to monetize it. Um, I, and, and I thought about this pretty early when I was, or not pretty early, but I mean, you know, by the time I was, by the time I was in my early twenties, I had like 5,000 movies maybe, Wow, you know, and most of them were, or maybe not 5,000, maybe closer to 3,000, but most of them were, were bootlegs and most of them were like pretty rare things and stuff that you couldn't find in, you know, I don't know, most video stores mm-hmm. um, and stuff. That, you know, I was a big collector, trader, all that kind of stuff. So I had a huge bootleg collection. And then I had like official movies that I thought were cool. Um, and this is right around, I guess, DVDs just starting to pop up around this time. Right. So I was buying, I was buying some of these like early cool DVDs, like those early Criterion movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, you know, stuff in that vein that I just thought would be kind of neat to have. But most of my stuff was bootlegs. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I got one of those VCR to DVD burners. Yep, um, yep. So I started, I started putting them all out on DVDR and started making my own covers. And then all of a sudden I had like this insane collection of bootlegs that I felt very comfortable renting out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, for better or worse, that's, that's how the video store started was, was with what I thought was a really, really uh, essential collection of, of crazy shit that you couldn't get elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and then I just kind of started filling in the gaps when people were asking for popular titles or, even regular titles that that wouldn't be popular but like a store should have um then i started filling those in and you know uh after you know multiple maxed out credit cards and all that i had i had even more movies than just bootlegs at this point and uh i don't know i felt like i could then i could then um you know, open a place yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and have a, you know, and be able to have multiple sections and all that. So I think when I first started, I maybe had like 5,000 oh. titles altogether with the, with the first store. That's pretty rad, man. And the, the bootleg experience during that time period is fascinating to me. Like, um, because this was prior to the internet, right? Maybe the emphases right. of the internet. So how were you, yeah. how were you trading movies? Like how were you finding stuff back then? Well, well, so so when I was big into trading movie or trading or whatever or, or buying bootlegs or or anything like that online, you know, this is like when like sites like uh, Revenge is My Destiny were coming into oh, play, okay, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Pimpadelic Wonderland, or I, I, you know, there were all of these. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, Five minutes to live. Um, <laughs> do you remember these ones? <laughs> no, I never. I never visited Five oh. Minutes to Live. Ah, okay. oh shit, man! Oh, <laughs> so, uh, so, so, yeah, so, 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 this was this was kind of uh, what early two thousands, I guess. Yeah. Um, before that, I mean, yeah, I was big into, yeah, I was big into eBay. Uh, you know, I was big into, I, well, I was big into going to going to play go, going to different video stores, renting movies and making my own copies of them of things that they had that were that were rare. You uh-huh, know. Uh huh. Um, that that was pretty much how I did it. I obviously had had friends too, so we would we would share things. Um, 
I, yeah, <laughs> you it's know, super, it's, it's super cool, man. Like what, um, what, uh, you know, before we get into the posters, which I'm excited about, I, I, I love, yeah. I love like sort of playing up all this stuff. What is, uh, your favorite strange bootleg movies from that time period that no one knew about? Do you have like a, a top three or something like that? Oh man, let's see. Um, Put you on the spot, dude. Put you on the spot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, finding finding a copy of the Beaver trilogy early on was a was a, was a really big deal for me. Uh huh. Um, what is the Beaver trilogy? Let's just talk oh, about man. what this is. Do not know it. No. Oh, what is the oh, Beaver oh, trilogy? So the Beaver trilogy is it's this it's this uh, it's this um, kid in Utah. Uh huh. Who, uh, who um, was uh, was a uh, I guess to put it plainly, what he was a he he was an impersonator and he was a um, Olivia Newton John. Or he only impersonated Olivia Newton John. That was <laughs> he was completely obsessed with her. He was really really weird and and funny and quirky, and uh, and he's in this you know super conservative town in Utah where this just doesn't fly, of course. <laughs> So he had to he had to like mask this in in so many different ways. Like he'd get his makeup done at the uh, at the um, at the uh, mortuary, oh. um, you know, and, and right like because that was the only person that he felt comfortable doing the makeup, and she was accepting with him. Um, wow, you know, and he would like pop in and do like fairs and stuff like that, and you know, he occasionally would just have his own shows where he would just do a couple songs as Olivia Newton John. <laughs> Um, so, so this filmmaker, uh, this filmmaker, Trent Harris, uh, I, I don't remember exactly how he got in touch with the kid, uh, but he started, he started documenting the kid cause he thought that this was just so interesting and so weird. Yeah. Uh, so he started documenting it and you know, what, what came about was a very, very interesting slice of life, you know, a very, like, very, very weird and very, you know, of the time, I guess, but like showed like this struggle with this, with, you know, with this kid who's trying to be himself in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a weird scenario, I guess. Um, anyway, you know, it, 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 it got pretty, it, it, it became really interesting and people started watching it, I guess. I don't know how, his, how he was related to Sean Penn, but Sean Penn ended up seeing it. And then I guess he asked Sean Penn if he would mind doing his own rendition of it. So Sean Penn became the Beaver Kid and did a reenactment of the first documentary on the Beaver Kid. <laughs> so uh, you're probably wondering where the trilogy comes in because those are two. <laughs> so uh, uh, thirdly, and this is I think about two years later, I, I you know I might be wrong on all this stuff. I don't have it in front of me, obviously, but um, Crispin Glover sees it, right. and right. and Crispin Glover makes his own version of it. Then or Trent, you know, Trent Harris is directing all of them. But, you know, uh, has these different had Sean Penn star in one and then Crispin Glover star in one. And with each incarnation, it becomes a little more over the top. Weird. I have never yeah. heard of this. This is fascinating well, to me. Oh, nice. I mean, now I you know, it might even be out officially now. I don't even know. But, you know, strangely enough, somebody just um, asked for a Ghanaian movie poster of the Beaver trilogy. How weird is that? <laughs> you know? oh. So I mean. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so one right there, Beaver Trilogy. Okay. Great. Uh, great. Great choice. My, you know, my second thing will be, will be what are probably, I'm just going to make it a twofer in the second one and I'll still do a number three, Okay. okay. but, um, but, uh, the twofer in this one would be, uh, would be El Topo and Holy Mountain by, by mm-hmm. Jodorowsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
it seems obvious now to say that, but 20 years ago, you know, when I first saw it, or maybe a little longer, yo, like <laughs> that was the first time you see the Holy Mountain is uh, is a groundbreaking experience. Oh my God, dude. I, I, and, I, I saw it in the theater and it blew my face off in the theater. Lord so. have mercy. So I saw it, so I saw it on a Japanese laser disc. <laughs> I don't know how many years ago and they blurred out all of the, uh, you know, you knew, you knew what it was because they blurred out all of the genitalia in it. There's a lot of genitalia in that movie. <laughs> yes, um, there is. Right. So, uh, so I remember watching, you know, it was in a, it was in a film class and I remember watching some kid brought it in and had a copy on laser disc. And, uh, and, um, you know, we watched like, it was like the first 10 minutes or something. And we were instructed in the class. I remember we were instructed to bring in a clip of our favorite, you know, of our favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I brought in, it was so funny. I was so freaking lame then I brought in, uh, I brought in just trying to one up everybody. I brought in the Odessa step scene from battleship Potemkin. <laughs> and, <laughs> And like, and like this guy that brought in the holy mountain, I just, I died. I told him, I was like, oh man, I was like, you're the, you're the coolest person I know. Like what, what's going on? Like, I thought I had my shit together. I don't like you are, you know, what's up? Teach me about movies. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so I mean, yeah, finding that movie, I guess, you know, a couple years later when I opened the video store and finding a copy, um, that was the exact same copy bootlegged onto DVD, that same Laserdisc copy. Yeah. It would come out officially, I guess, maybe five, ten years later or something. But yeah, yeah. Ha having those copies and El Topo, I'll just throw that in there because that sort of comes with it. Yeah, um, as, yeah, yeah. You know, just interesting. Yeah, those uh, weird fucking movies. The really great movies, but strange as fuck. Yeah. And then, and and then to make that a little a, a little more full circle, um, I you know I got a couple of these, uh, I got a couple um, Ghanaian movie posters commissioned. I'll always I'll always commission a couple along with orders that customers commission. Mm -hmm. um, and I got I, I got one done for El Topo and for Holy Mountain, and a Don Jodowski, um, uh, Alejandro Jodowski's youngest son ended up seeing them. Um, and freaked out, loved them. Uh, so I actually just gifted him the two original posters because oh, wow. they were mine anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I, I felt so strongly about those movies that it, I felt like I definitely had to give back. I've, you know, I've used that similarly in the way we're talking today. I've used that as, as a way that, you know, or like as, as a high point of my movie influence, you know, over, over the years. Uh, yeah. You know, those movies and really anything by Jodowski is just amazing. It's so fucking oh man, it's so good. It's amazing. It's it, the the influence that he has had over Hollywood from behind the scenes, and you know all the stories about all Dune. behind the scenes. I know. Yeah, it's know. crazy. It's crazy. It's really something. And like he's oh man, you yeah. know I, he, he could he could I don't know if he's going to be making any more movies, but he's surely God. He's he's the man. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just a tremendous loss with him not making movies anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. I think the last time. When did I last see him? I think it was like on a documentary with like Nicholas Raffin, who was like big into him for a while. And there was nice. something, something there. Um, but okay, cool. So we've, we've hit all three, right? We hit all three of those at that point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had another one because I was going to put, you know, I was going to put, um, I was going to put, um, um, uh, 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 El Topo and Holy Mountain together, but you know, I could tell you another one if you want to sure, know. Sure. Please. I love this. <laughs> um, so uh, this is, uh, oh, wait, what's the director's name who made like, what did he make? He made like uh, 
really popular. He made old school and um Oh, what was old school? Hold on. What's the dude's name? Uh a real really popular director. Comedy stuff, right? That was uh Yeah. What's his name? I'm looking it up right now. Uh, um, I am from, Todd, Todd, Todd Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, Todd Phillips. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, through another, you know, through 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 the magic of bootlegging, uh, I ran across this. Um, I ran across this thing that had two movies on it, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was just a VHS, and it had two. It had two movies on it, and the and the uh, the first movie was not Todd Phillips. The first movie was. Um, oh wait a minute. Actually, going to try and try try and find this real quick. <laughs> it's, all <Sorry>. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So, because uh, because I, 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 I yeah okay right I I uh, oh, okay so so the two movies on there the first movie was actually called uh, Chicken Hawk, and uh, that was a documentary about Nambla, um, <laughs> and y- y- you're familiar with Nambla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah tell so, the uh, tell the audience about it <laughs> man, all right so nambla is the uh is the man what is it the the uh the uh, national uh what is it national alliance of man boy love yes, or something like something, that, or man something boy like love that. association <laughs> yeah yes, yes so uh okay so so chicken hawk is a is a documentary i guess i can't remember if it was it was put i it was like about nambla basically yeah um, yep. and it was just about all of these guys talking about talking about boys <laughs> this is not the movie that i uh that i uh wanted you know but this movie was this movie was actually on there for some reason paired with the movie that i'm going to tell you now uh which is todd phillips first movie and it's called frat house oh i've never seen frat house well it's worth it uh i and you know what i feel like that's probably pretty damn hard to find now uh um huh. uh, so, so maybe i'll have to send you my dvd <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah frat house uh, that, it's probably out there now, but anyway, yeah, like it really just goes through like uh, um, a fraternity hazing and, uh, you know, the kind of stuff that, you know, you would never have been able to see during that time um, that unless you were in a fraternity, but you know, this was, this was a pretty hardcore one and they let, uh, and they let Todd Phillips do it. Um, So uh, uh, there you go. I guess I won't talk too much more about Frat House. It's more so that it exists. Is dude, what dude, a great, and, great and select. What, and what came along with it. That <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> little surprise after, after watching Frat House. I was like, huh, what's this? Because I don't know, like these VHS guys, they would actually, they would, you know, they would love filling up the tape. Like if there's only an hour and a half done, they'll find something to throw in there for 30 minutes. And uh, uh Dude, sometimes truly a gift. Amazing, amazing. (laughs) Such a weird. That's one of the things that was really interesting about that time period of like either watching VHS or doing tradings or all that kind of stuff, is that you would accidentally stumble across something that you had no idea existed. That someone just is like, you got to watch this weird fucking thing, and they'd hand it to you. Um, And there's there was like this sort of backroom excitement around that whole thing, which. I think it's a little bit harder to find now. I think a lot of folks may find it if they're digging deep for like really disgusting, disturbing videos on the internet. If you're digging into that stuff, but like, I remember how yeah. how how like dangerous it felt back in the day to like look at right. an old bootleg tape, you know? 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a different formula now. You kind of know more. You kind of know more of what you're getting into because you have to search for it. And if you don't search for it, you won't find it. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. Yeah. That element of surprise doesn't exist uh, in the same way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, rad stuff. It's that time. It's time to take a break and talk about our sponsors. But before I get into the sponsors, I just want to plug today's guest website. Uh, head on over to deadly-prey-gallery.myshopify.com. Okay, so I'll put the link below, but this is the Deadly Prey website. Uh, you can come here and learn a lot more about um, the Ghanaian movie poster stuff. Uh, you can see their catalog. They have posters up here. They have, ooh, these are interesting. They have prints up here. Let's take a look. What is listed up here right now? 2001 Space Odyssey. That's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, 20 bucks for that. Not bad. What is the size of this? High quality print of the original painting measures 14 by 22 inches on certified F. FSC certified 100 pound car stock using 100% biodegradable ink. That looks fucking rad. 20 bucks is not a bad deal. Okay, so they have 2001 Space Odyssey. They have a clockwork orange. What is. Okay. <laughs> Just go to the Deadly Prairie website right now. Click on catalog and look at the poster. Look at the poster for Clockwork Orange. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Go there and check it out and you'll see why I'm laughing so hard. I don't even want to describe this. <laughs> It's making my eyeballs bleed. Head on over to the Deadly Prey website and check it out. All right. Uh, supporting the show, as always, our good friends, my pals, over at Puget Systems. If you're an artist, let's say you're a Photoshop artist, right? You're working on your machine and you're getting that fucking pinwheel of death. Or if you're a video editor and you're running through Premiere, maybe you're running through Resolve and you're getting that fucking pinwheel of death. And you're like, come on, go faster. I need my systems to keep up with my work. That's exactly how I felt. Uh, I hit a point where I'm like, no, I don't want to follow the rules, man. I, I'm that guy consistently, maybe to a fault, where I'm constantly bucking the system. You know what I mean? And you know what it is, is I feel like we're marketed to so much. Everything is marketed to us. And then next thing you know, someone starts to tell us something about marketing that they were told. And then the next thing you know, that becomes the way. Like, are you gonna you gonna do this thing? What show are you watching? Oh, Squid Game is the most amazing show on fucking TV. It's like, do you think it is? Or are you just regurgitating what you read off a meme somewhere? What you saw off an ad somewhere? Does it really work for you? Does the system work for you? That was my thing. And I asked that question. A lot of my older systems that I bought for much more expensive, 
much more well promoted, much companies that have、uh, much larger marketing budgets. Let's just put it that way. And I asked a lot of serious questions. Am I happy? Is it worth the money? Is this thing doing what I want it to do? Do I feel like it's working for me, or do I feel like I'm constantly working for it? And I just jumped ship. I said, "Fuck it. I want a PC. I'm going to build a PC. I'm going to get a PC that works exactly the way I want it to." But it's been a long time since I built a computer, and I know a lot of you listening don't know how to build computers. I don't blame you. It's a lot of fucking research. It's a lot of work, trial and error. And so I'm like, all right, I got to find a company that's going to do this. A company with great customer support. A company that I, that I like, right? I believe in what they do. Ethically, I like all that stuff. And so I found Puget Systems, family-owned company out here, the West Coast up north, Washington,、uh, and they build custom-made PCs based upon the software you're going to use. And these guys benchmark test everything. So any of the new hardware comes out, they're running it hard. They put it in a system and they run it with Premiere. They run it with After Effects. They run it with Resolve. They run it through all this stuff,、um, and they test it because oftentimes the newest hardware on the market doesn't go faster, and it's worth a lot more money. And so these guys are like, "Look, what's your budget? What are you dealing with? Let's make, let's build you a system that's going to do exactly what you need for a great price." Don't believe me? Head on over to PugetSystems.com. Check them out. Uh, you can choose a system, a baseline system based upon the software you're going to use, and then these guys love to communicate. Talk to them, tell them what it is that you're doing, tell them what your problems are, tell them what your budget is, and see if you can make something work.、Uh, these guys have done no wrong by me. I'll tell you that right now.、Um, and I have, you know, I love them so much. They've been supporting the show since the beginning, and they're continuing to support the show. So they will always get first read from me on this show. So head on over to PewDieSystems.com and check them out.、Uh, also supporting the show are our new new sponsor, our buds over at ETC. Let me read. Let me do a reading there. Let's see.、Uh, let's do a color mix reading. Okay. So a lot of us in the film industry have used the iconic Source Four profiles on set. So Source Four light. They're essentially spotlights. With、uh, interchangeable lenses that you can put in the front. If you guys don't know what these are, you've seen them on concert stages. You've seen them all over the place. I like to use them when I do music videos, especially with Gina. She has a specific need for very focused spotlight stuff. Sometimes I'm just narrowing it down to the actress's eyes. Sometimes I'm using it as a backlight.、Uh, I've always loved the Source for lights, and one of the reasons I reached out to ETC was because of that. Now ETC, the maker of the Source 4, has been working hard in recent years to give us incredible new fixtures, specifically for use with cameras. There you go, guys.、Uh, I just got my hands on their FOS/4 Fresnel. I do have it; it's right here in front of me.、Uh, and one of the most eye-catching aspects of this line of fixtures is the color mix. Their Luster X8 array includes deep red emitters, which not only open more color mixing options. Uh, Than you get with your traditional four-color studio fixture, but also lead to richer, more natural beam of light to any color point that you use. Pretty rad, right? We're getting real fucking nerdy here. So you guys want to get very technical with your lights, with solid quality light. ETCs where you want to go. Once you see these fixtures on your skin tones for yourself, it is truly surprising how much, how much impact deep red makes on any situation on set. So it's interesting. The color mixing that is required 
with LED units to create white light um, is like this interesting behind the scenes thing that's going on. And I've talked to the dudes at Quasar about it. And now we're talking to the dudes at ETC. And it seems like these guys are trying out something new and different. Uh, if you're not familiar with ETC, all their fixtures are backed by 24-7 customer support. See the FOS panel and the Fresnel for yourself by visiting etcconnect.com backslash love the process. I said connecting at etcconnect.com backslash love the process. Right now, click that link. Just do it. This is going to let ETC know that you just heard this spot. So click that link right now. Head on over there and check out their stuff. All right. Uh, supporting the show as always. Let's see. Who else do we have on our list? Uh, let's see. PGP. Oh, yeah, yeah. Quasar. Good friends over at Quasar. So while we're talking about lighting, if you want to get into some Quasar lighting LED tubes, uh, I love their tubes. And they, they do lights a little bit different than uh, ETC, so I don't mind backing these both up on the same ad read. Uh, Quasar makes amazing bicolor LED tubes um, that I use consistently on all my stuff. Uh, they're very low profile, they don't get hot, um, and uh, you can dial in any color of the rainbow if you get the rainbow LEDs, or you can focus on just a bicolor, true color, uh, tungsten, true color daylight tube. Um, and these things are in my kit consistently. I'm using them all the time. And, you know, to, to prove my point, when we were doing a music video, I was using a Source 4 from ETC as a backlight, and then I had my tubes as background, so I was filling the background with my colored tubes, and then I was also using them as an eye light on the actress. So, uh, it's really great to mix these different things, and I'm very fortunate to have both these companies on here. So head on over to Quasar Science and check it out. See if you want to build your kit the same way I do. You know, that's the bottom line. Um... Also uh, supporting the show are our affiliates. If you're a longtime listener of the show and you've wanted to help out, if you wanted to donate but you don't have enough cash, one of the easiest ways to do so is to participate in one of our affiliate programs. And uh, for those of you who don't know how that works, essentially, if you sign up for one of these free trials, if you try out one of these products, we get cash. It's super simple, and oftentimes it doesn't cost you a dime, especially if you're just signing up for a free trial. So one of the options that we have for you guys is by signing up for a free trial at Audible. You can get a 30-day free trial at Audible if you sign up using the promo code. Hold on, I'll get it for you. It is audibletrial.com backslash ILWP. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, self-development. Every month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and get access to daily news from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs that'll help you kick off uh, 2020. Don't kick it off, we're already in it. This ad read. We're focusing on getting you plenty of content that can help your audience pursue their goals, whether it's getting fit, finishing more books, or becoming a better parent, leader, or person. Uh, here's some really great stuff about Audible. You can download titles and listen offline, anytime, anywhere. This means if you don't have internet access, you can have it downloaded on your phone. When I ride my bike, I ride in an area that has really shitty internet access, so I download my stuff so I can listen to it. 
Uh, the app is free. It can be installed on all smartphones and tablets. And you can listen across your devices without losing your spot. If you can't decide what to listen to, don't worry. You can hold on to your credits for up to a year and use them to binge a whole series if you'd like. Uh, I love Audible. I've been using it for over a year now. This is how I'm uh, getting through a lot of these books because, uh, as you know, I try to read a book and I fall asleep. So uh, I find that when I'm riding my bikes and I'm trying to stay healthy, keep that cholesterol down, I am listening to Audible. And a lot of the folks that we've had on the show, uh, whether it's uh, the sleeping study books or if it's books on acting, all that stuff can be found on Audible. So if you're listening to any of this stuff and you want to listen to it, be sure to use our promo code because it will help us make a little bit of cash and you'll be able to listen and check out the stuff that you like. Uh, be sure if you've done this before with some other podcast, it won't work again. So if you haven't signed up for Audible yet, sign up for a free trial using uh, the link audibletrial.com backslash ILWP. You will find it embedded in the description of this episode. So that's it. Um, so stand by as we uh, get into the next upcoming episodes. We got a bunch of new sponsors. Very exciting new sponsor that I cannot wait to introduce you guys to. So thanks for listening to The Reads, and uh, let's get back into it with Brian. Let's let's transition. Let's transition into your love of movie posters. How'd you get into the the Ghanaia movie poster stuff? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, um, all through the video store, uh, um, I you know simultaneously with collecting uh, with collecting um, VHS and DVD and and movies in general, um, I liked uh, collecting uh, movie memorabilia or -hmm. anything movie related. You know, so. I had a ton of original movie posters and um you know and like the, the video store had great walls for displaying movie posters mm-hmm. uh high walls above the racks so you know we were able to fit just with normal paper movie posters god i mean we must have had a hundred in there wow. it was wow that's it cool was, yeah. we had so many movie posters um so yeah so i naturally just liked liked decorating the place with that kind of stuff and covering every portion of the wall, obviously, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that, that just kind of went along with my obsession with movies, movie posters just went right there with it. Uh, and, um, you know, I guess, you know, do you want me to talk about how I found out about the Ghanaian? Yeah, well, we should probably, cause I think a a lot of people listening to the show, this is the first time really experiencing this. So like, let's, let's, let's let's dig into it. What is the history? How'd you get into it? 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, so so the way I got into it was, you know, there was this uh, there was a book called Ghana Vision, mm-hmm. and uh, and a good friend of mine uh, came into the video store, you know, knowing how much I loved movie posters and movies and all that and weird movies, and um, and brought me this book and he showed it to me and he said, check these out. These are from Ghana. So I started reading about it and I was just completely blown away. The movies were completely wild. <laughs> I knew a little bit about like Nollywood and Gollywood and West African movies, mm-hmm. but I hadn't had that much exposure. So this book even showed some of those posters, which was really cool. So it's these Ghanaian artists making uh, hand-painted movie posters for uh, you know for horror movies, action movies, kung fu movies, Bollywood movies, uh, and then also West African movies naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, so this book kind of featured some examples of all that stuff. Um, and I just freaked out. These, these movie posters were completely over the top. They, you know, they featured things happening in them that weren't actually in the movies, even characters that weren't actually in the movies were showing up in the movie posters. Uh, I mean, there were skulls everywhere, snakes, blood, comedies would be turned into horror movies. Well, dude, I mean, just saying that to interject real quickly, uh, the Groundhog Day poster that you posted is phenomenal. Oh, thank you. I, oh man, I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, that's, it's it's just a dream, isn't it? Like that, that. What is the deal? How is there a giant groundhog eating people on the post? Yeah, right. Well, that's Groundhog Day, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I come to find out, and this is so incredibly logical that, um, you know, that when these movie posters in Ghana, these hand-painted, huge, like 60 by 40 inch movie posters um, are, uh, are, are being made over the top on purpose because they need people to go in and buy tickets. And, uh, and um, nobody wants to see something that's boring. You want to see something, especially, you know, especially if you might have the option to see, you know, one or two different movies and there's posters for those two movies, hand-painted posters for those two movies, Uh, you're probably going to go with the one that looks more wild because, uh, you know, a lot of times they had no no idea what the movies were about. They didn't have a background. They didn't have a synopsis or anything like that. You just have the movie poster. Super similar to uh, early days uh, just looking at movie covers. I mean, obviously, we have the synopsis in the back, but your first look is at how wild is the cover. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so to make... So to uh, you know, so to make more people go to these movies, they just make the make the uh, make the uh, posters as wild as they could. Um, I was reading. I was reading that what they would do is uh, they would take these movies around with like a generator and a and a television and a VCR and play them in in places where they didn't have power and stuff like that. Right? They, there was like this big movement for that. Exactly. Yeah, there was a thing in Ghana called the mobile cinema, uh, and the mobile cinema uh, consisted of multiple video clubs. Mm. So, uh, so there was like Princess Video Club, Monso Video Club, Sly Fox Video Club. That's just a couple of the names, <laughs> and uh, and each video club would have different artists that that uh, that worked for them that would paint posters of the movies that were being shown. And yes, they would take you know the video operator would take would you know would would have a truck. With a with a portable like gas powered generator, um, VCR, DVDs, uh, uh, VHS, you know, uh, DVD player, obviously, all, all that stuff. Um, sometimes TVs, 
um, and and set up open air screenings, so um, cool. uh, you know, in places without electricity in Ghana. Yeah. So and, cool. Uh, you know, and at times, kind of, I was mentioning with the competition, there might be two video clubs in one place at the same time. So, yeah, you need your poster to show, you know, that your that your movie's better. <laughs> uh, um, you need a groundhog eating people to get them to go see that drama. <laughs> and you know what? No, it's it's so true. And I was asking my partner in Ghana. My partner's name is Kofi, and we've been working together like ten years now. Uh-huh. And so I ask him all the time about stuff. He he worked in the mobile cinema as a teenager, and that's his connection to everything. Oh, cool. um, and that's you know, all the artists and my connection to the artists. Uh, you know, when I asked him, like, <laughs> an early question that I asked him is, you know, so, like, would would the audiences be upset when the when the movie poster didn't reflect what happened in the movie? And they were like, nah, like, it's usually, usually is all good, you know, when you're watching the movie, as long as the movie isn't completely boring, you know, it's all good. <laughs> so I, I found that to be really refreshing and open-minded, you know? <laughs> Well, dude, there was a period of time when that was what we did here in the States, you know, like in the 80s and stuff. A lot of those like movie poster uh, covers from like a lot of the independent cinema stuff. You're like, this isn't even in the fucking movie. Completely over the top and the movie's not as interesting. But yeah, you yeah. You, you, you find your spots in those movies, I guess. <laughs> uh, super cool. So then... Uh, all right, so I love all this stuff. I love that backstory. I love the idea that they're like they're competing and they're like two different trucks going to these towns. And- yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I mean, you know, it was up to the video the video operator, uh, you know, who was the manager of the truck. It was up to him to explain to the movie poster artist uh, how to make the poster, and then obviously it was up to the artist to kind of riff on all of that and make it make it wild. Um, you know, but oftentimes the video operators didn't exactly know uh, and hadn't seen the movie prior to it. So, so you know, they, they are they they were kind of I'm not going to say they were operating blind because they knew a little something, but you know, they kind of would explain what what would go on there, which wasn't always um, which wasn't always uh, you know the the correct thing, of course. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So it wasn't it wasn't only the artist. I do have to mention it was the video store operator or the video operator with with the artist working together on this. <laughs> I love it, man. The, look, the, I'll be transparent. The first time I was exposed uh, to these posters, I was in a pitch meeting. I went into pitch at uh, Joel Silver's office, and they had in his in his uh, behind the desk where you first go into this the space. They had this giant matrix poster that That's looked so like confusing. it was yeah, dude. It looked like it was hand painted, and I was like, did a did a fan do this? Is this something that someone sent in? And that's what they told me about it. And I was like, oh, fuck, that is so cool. <laughs> that is that is so cool you mentioned that because I've heard that story before from a friend of mine. He called me and he was like, you're never going to guess this, but I was just, you know, and he said the same thing you said. So I was like, oh, <laughs> that's so, so cool, by the way. Yeah, I was like fucking blown away by it. I was like, what a fucking, because most of the time when you go into these offices, they all have up their posters. You know, it's like, it, it's an immediate brag. You walk down a hallway and there are all the posters that you grew up knowing and it walked into his office and i was like what it? like yeah. did you hire kids in a school to paint the where did this come from <laughs> yeah yeah he understands <laughs> oh, so cool man um so all right so then so then you got in touch with him like how did you how did you get involved 
Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, so pretty much after seeing that book, after that guy brought the brought the uh, you know brought the um, brought the book in, and I and I just started examining it and realizing how cool these were. I I looked at my uh, my video store and was like, well, you know, these should probably be on the walls here instead of the paper posters if I can if I can afford them. Mm-hmm. Or if they even exist still, because this book was pretty, it didn't really say too much. You know, it was a lot of, it was a lot of posters. It talked about the history, but it wasn't like, where do you get these or anything like that? Or are they around still or, or anything like that? Right. Um, So, you know, I, I just started looking online and lo and behold, I found a couple on eBay and, and, and the price was decent, but the, the selection was not what I wanted. These weren't the same type of posters exactly that I was seeing in the book. They were just, they were just a little more I don't know. They were cool still, but they were just like, they kind of just looked like the cover art that were done by, by a different artist or something like that. Right. Right. I bought a couple just to see how they would look. Uh, I hung them up and like people loved them. I loved them. I thought they were super cool, but I kind of like, you know, I got a few and then that was all I wanted uh, from, from that place. I still wanted more, but I wanted them to be like the movies I wanted, you Mm -hmm. know, or, or, you know, whatever. Uh, so I, I don't know, probably like on the 50th page of a Google search, I get pretty obsessed and, you know, I was just looking over everything, um, mm-hmm. found a guy in Ghana, uh, and wrote him and, um, he had, he had a website and he had a couple movie posters on his website. Uh, he writes me back right away and he says, Hey, listen, if you like any of these, I've got them all in. Um, let me know. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, we, we're, we're, it's a few back and forths here. We're having a nice time talking to one another. We're having a lot in common. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, listen, I'll send you everything and you just send me back what you don't want <laughs> and, and, and then pay me whatever next month, you know, cause I was like, listen, I don't have a lot of money. I run a video store, you know, so, you know, I, but I do like these and I would love to do something, you know? So, so we start chatting more and more and I, you know, and I start doing this and I start buying a few every month and, uh, and, um, paying him, you know, paying him in, in increments and all this. And it's working out pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, people start asking about these in the video store and wanting to buy them. Um, so that kind of became a, a thing where I'm like, Hey, can I buy more now? And then I start buying more and more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, soon the video store is full. I'm starting to sell them and, uh, and it's becoming a thing, you know, and, uh, and both of us are really happy. Um, and maybe about a year into it, I um, I asked him if he still, you know, I, I I knew he still talked to some of the artists, but I didn't know in what regard exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're we're really like kind of developing our relationship here. It's becoming a business type thing, and uh, and it's really interesting, you know. Uh, so I asked him if if the artist there can make specific movies, like if I requested Death Wish, <laughs> can you make me a Death Wish poster? He's like, yes, let's do it. You know, I'm like, oh wow, okay. You know, so you work with and he's like well i work with you know heavy j i work with salvation i work with uh farkira i work with leonardo i work with stoger and i'm like wow <laughs> you know these are the same guys that were in the book like that's crazy you know so so um you know so i'm asking him now for a couple and i'm like you know can can we do this what's the process blah 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 and he's like listen you know send me some photos send me, you know, what you want in there and then we'll, we'll get it done. And I, you know, we'll see if you like it, you know? So, uh-huh, so I uh-huh. do that. I get, I get the first five done with her, which are death wish one through five. Um, <laughs> I love Charles Bronson. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. No, this and, is the first time. It's great. It's good. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so I get these, I, I get these posters made and they're just exceptional. 
uh, I hang these up right away. And now people are like, hey, those look new. What's up? You know, and people I know this thing of and like, hey, do you what's what's going on? I'm like, hey, listen, I commissioned them and I could do a couple of these every month. If you're interested, let me know. Uh-huh. So now I'm getting some people and I'm getting some people who are interested in it. And, you know, now um, he had one or two artists working with him. Now he was able to ask a couple more artists to work with him on these. And uh, and it started becoming a thing. You know, that's that's how it started taking off. And it's um, so cool. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it got to the point now, I guess, you know, that we work with 10 artists. Uh, we're, we're able to pay them incredibly well. I don't even want to tell you what these guys were making originally when they were painting these for the video clubs. Oh, I can only it imagine. Wasn't, it wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, so, so we've been able to really, to really you know, um, I mean, I mean get, get them better money and change, change you know, ch- change situations. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Started, I started seeing this and it was it was just wild. So then I kind of made this my mission. I started caring less about the video store, to be honest, <laughs> and uh, and more about these movie posters and these uh, and these artists, you know, um, you know. And then we later started started making prints, and I don't know, it kind of took off from there, you know, and getting getting uh, getting the artists all the profits from the prints and really motivating them to to. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't even know. I don't want to even say expand their horizons with movie posters because they're already the best. Yeah, no. So, I mean, but I mean, but I mean, they got like, I don't know. There was even more freedom to it now. And I feel like the movie posters got even better as time went on, you know, Yeah. which, which you wouldn't expect being that, you know, the, the Ghanaian mobile cinema kind of wasn't a thing anymore by 2008, you right, know, right, right. Uh, at that point, the movies, the movie posters were just being painted for art. Um, so I kind of got in on this right after that, right around 2010, a lot of post artists had already quit by that point. So we were, we got really lucky that we felt that we, you know, or not that we, Kofi was already working with these guys that I fell into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, lucky enough to work with some of these guys who are already legendary in Ghana. So cool. Um, It's so cool, man. So rad, man. It's such a great story. And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the you. posters the posters are fucking crazy i'm just while we're sitting here talking i'm just scrolling through your instagram feed and oh, uh, i love the court russell <laughs> k-o-r-t russell oh it's so good great? yeah for a movie and like and like people look at that movie not everybody knows the movie soldier but it's always like the most popular poster when i bring it out for a show or anything like that yeah yeah man super cool have you ever been able to talk or meet any of the artists or is it all just like you're going through your contact out there oh yeah yeah i mean i you know i was able i was i've i've met most of the artists at this point the only the only um the only artist that i that i or there's two artists i haven't met yet magasco and bright obeng but that's just because they started painting with us um, a little bit after the pandemic. So I wasn't able to actually go to Ghana to speak with them beforehand or hang out with them. But um, but 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 everybody else. Yeah, I've been able I've been able to meet and, and really just, you know, become friends with and and. Uh, so cool. And I, I don't know what to say, you know, like like I really I, I really love these guys. Yeah, they're, they're they're exceptional artists, but I also just get along with them well. Um, you know, in, in our limited contact, of course, Kofi's the one who deals with them on a daily basis and is, you know, and is, and is actually friends and has history with them. I'm more of an outsider, but I mean, they've treated me like an insider. So and, cool. So you visited Ghana, you've gone and visited these guys. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That must have been wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's the best, and I just want to go back. <laughs> I, I want to get back as soon as possible. I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to get back soon. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just so great. Oh, so uh, and so much fun and we oh man we yeah we, we got some video footage out there we're gonna we, you know we're working on a documentary for the future i i don't know you know i just i can't wait to get back over there and uh what was and, and, what was gonna like because i've never been and yeah yeah uh i mean if you have you uh have you ever been to africa never never been to africa so, so okay so this was my you know so going to ghana was my first time going to africa and re- really everybody that i spoke with uh, about it beforehand was like well you know really expect the unexpected it's just gonna feel like like a whole new world it's just it's just so different than than the u.s mm-hmm. uh, or europe you know uh and and it was. I mean, I mean, the things you know, things things go at a very leisurely play, at a very leisurely pace, or a very insane pace. And I didn't see a, a big difference in between. Weird. You know, it yeah. was uh, it was like l- l- like just driving on just you know just driving on the roads over there was an adventure in itself. Um, <laughs> if you think LA traffic is bad, you've never been to Accra. Uh, it, it's it's just where. Uh, I guess, you know, like, like six lanes of traffic turned into one lane of traffic in a, you know, in a very, very short distance because there was a bridge that was built that was abandoned and, and the road actually went under that bridge and, and they never, after it was abandoned for 25 years or something, they never changed the road. So it basically turned into one lane from six lanes and caused a traffic jam every single day. Meanwhile, on the side of the road, you had other guys who weren't employed by the state uh, uh, digging, um, digging up, you, you know, like digging up a new road uh, and, and asking for money. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, and those were the people you could, you, you know, you could, you could actually give them money to encourage them to keep working on the road. Uh, but chances are, you know, like one out of two of those people are just posing and aren't actually working on the road. They're just trying to get money. I, I, you know, all of these things in the midst of a traffic jam and it's, and it's like, uh, I, you know, I feel like I, I, I can't explain the overwhelming nature of being in the city. Uh, yeah. it was, it was, it was so intense and so incredibly cool. Um, the gas stations like turn into turn into you know the gas stations with lights mm-hmm. turn into the hubs at night. So it's like there's like a real like social atmosphere going on with music just in the gas station parking lots, and it becomes like its own party. Food vendors come out there. Super. Um, cool. Yeah, I I I don't even know you know. And and the other thing I want to say about Ghana is you know. I, I didn't know what to think of it before I went, I, uh, safety-wise. You know, like you're right. bred to think like, well, Africa, you know, watch out. And I kid you not, it's, it was, I've never, felt, I've never felt safer in my whole life. I, it was, it, people were incredibly kind. This is all sounding really cliche at this point, but people were so, so kind. And it's like, there was never, the, there was not going to be some crazy shit going on because because people were so self-policing mm-hmm. and understood what was going on around them that things never never went astray and and if they do it was taken care of quickly um and it was that was so interesting to me yeah. you know and and i was out at night and it was really dark in places and i'm telling you like you never felt weird mm. uh I'd encourage I'd encourage people if 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 you have any way to get to Ghana or you have any connection there or even you just want to take a tour do it cuz it's it's incredible. Oh man. 
What a what a what a really awesome sort of life experience, and what a wild rabbit hole that you fell down into when you got that book. I, I mean, I'm 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 so lucky at this point. I can't even tell you my you know my partner and Kofi was able to buy some land, and he told me that he's making a guest house for me, so I can go there whenever I want. And I'm just like, stop it. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, this is something that's yes, it's near and dear to me, and I'm I'm I want to embrace myself in this culture as much as possible. Um, yeah. And, you know, yeah. Be, be there for these artists more than anything, you know? Well, so, you know, Kofi always tells me that I'm not allowed to stay there too long because I'm too important here to, to, <laughs> to connect the dots. So I'm like, fine, you know, whatever, bro. <laughs> so, well, I guess that's a good question. So now that the store is not open, what is, what are you doing now? Are you just traveling through conventions and, and, and so, well, really it's just full time kind of, I mean, I, I just spend all day, honestly, answering emails, doing stuff on Instagram, packing prints, uh, it's become just a full-time job now that takes up, you know, I don't want to say more time than I want, but I'm almost ready to, to, to get some help, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, I mean, what, how, how crazy and, you know, how, how, how opportune too that, uh, that, uh, that I'm able to do it and I have the time and, uh, and, and I'm sort of, I don't want to say chosen to do it, but, but I've, you know, been put in this situation and and become very lucky to be in this situation. So I'm just trying to uh, just trying to uh, treat these guys as as good as I can and and keep the uh, you know and, and keep the train moving. Really. So what do they what do they design? Is it all commission stuff at this point? Are you just sending them ideas to do? Are they coming up with their ideas to do? Like how how is this stuff? Yeah, it, it it really is everything. So some of the you know so we work with ten artists and a couple of these artists have year-long wait lists at this point wow um, for, for commission work like uh, like heavy j and ca wisely um uh it's it's close to a year wait now and i mean you, you know they they have the, the them two in particular they have like a pretty intense sense of realism to their paintings or like a cartoonish realism i guess and and you know their paintings take a long time to make uh, so, so naturally they're going to have a longer wait list, but just so many people have asked to get commissions from them that it's really the queue's gotten pretty, pretty crazy. So, so those two guys in particular, and maybe a couple other guys are, are mostly just making commission works at this point. And then if there is any spare time, they're just going to make their own paintings. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll of course send them ideas on, on paintings that I think would be interest, interesting to commission. Um, that we would end up selling later in a show or, or on a website or something, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm constantly trying to keep everybody so they have jobs ahead of them. Um, and they're ready to take those jobs if they want them, you know, and if they don't want them, it's okay. Uh, chances are, if they don't want them, one of the other artists will take it. Uh, it's, it's been interesting. And that's, what's been so cool about having 10 different artists to work with is everybody comes in with their own skill set and, yeah. you know, their own sense of what they're into, you mm -hmm. know, like, mm -hmm. like somebody might not want to be painting a Kung Fu movie while another artist is like, nah, that's my thing. I'm going to paint that. Yeah, so, um, cool. so it's amazing just to have Kofi working with this team of artists there and speaking with them every day, you know, it's, it's, it's really made it a, it's really made it an interesting thing. So, uh, there's no shortage of work. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> well, man, look, I'm, I love this. I've, this conversation has been really great uh, because I, I love talking about it. Yeah. I mean, it's great speaking with you about it. I hope I'm not talking too much. No, dude is awesome. And, and oh. the, like I stumbled, like I said, I saw that poster in Joel Silver's office and I laughed about it. I thought it was really interesting. And then 
uh, one of the listeners of the show uh, sent me over the the Instagram for uh, the Deadly Prey Gallery Instagram. Oh, and, nice, and, super cool. And they were like, "You gotta get this. You gotta get this guy on the show." <laughs> and so I was right away. I'm like, "Yes, yes, yes," because uh, I just love. I love this stuff and, and, and understanding this, the, the root of these posters, understanding that it came about from like these traveling video guys going to small villages and playing stuff from generators, like that whole process. It's just so cool yeah. to me. And it's such an interesting social experiment that not only uh, does wonders for them, but also crosses, you know, the ocean to you and crosses the ocean to us as video fans and and the love that we have for genuine art i think is really fucking great dude and and the yeah. fact that you're able to uh help support these guys and really you know create a marketplace for them that is global uh, i think is fucking great man it's amazing no oh, thank you i mean that that's the idea you know we're just just trying to yeah just trying to really keep keep things moving and keep things um really keep things elevating even. I mean, I, I have to say like, you know, comparing the posters made back in the day to the posters made today, I don't know. I mean, like, I think the posters made today are just as good or better. So I just have to keep thinking like, you know, the art form is, is, is not only, you know, is not only maintaining, but progressing. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and that's just, you know, I, I think that that's just really encouraging, you know, um, that it's it it could have easily died out, yeah. you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and the fact that people have an interest in it and and are fascinated by it and really making it, you know, and people like customers uh, that are getting commissions or people buying prints or whoever is just even looking at these posters and enjoying them, are are are, are just progressing the whole movement, <laughs> and uh, and I mean it's just you know it, it's it's just fascinating to me and it's so cool. Uh, and, you know, I'm, again, I'm just really, really lucky to be kind of in the, in the, uh, you know, in the middle of it. So, um, so a question that I'm sure that everybody has, what are your, what are your top five favorite posters that you've seen? <laughs> uh, yeah, th that's like harder than the favorite movies, I think, because <laughs> these are more fresh in my head. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I think that, okay, so, I mean, I, I, I guess I'll just say I'll, I guess I'll just pick some that like that like uh, I'll, I'll never sell, you know. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so I just got in. You know, this is cool because I just got in a shipment, and I already like one of the posters from this shipment is already in my top five, uh, and it's by the same artist, C. A. Wisely, who did that Groundhog Day poster. <laughs> okay. um, this is a poster for The Godfather. Really, and and uh, I'll send you a photo, please. Uh, so the Godfather, it's Marlon Brando, and you know there's a dead horse head uh, on the on a table, <laughs> and uh, or I don't know if it's a table, but there's a dead horse head below him, uh -huh. and he's holding a giant fat cat uh, <laughs> that's smoking a cigar, and and there's and there's fish bones and like floating fish heads and all that stuff just all around the scene. And uh, I'm telling you, so this is, this is probably my new favorite new one. <laughs> you have to send me a, you have to send me a picture of that I'll one. I'll send you the photo. I mean, so I've got this, so that's one. I've got this um, Billy Blanks uh, painting mm -hmm. uh, for the movie Expect No Mercy. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it's spelt expert no mercy uh and it's you know it's it's made right around when the movie came out in the 90s uh and um i don't know you know it's just got a huge huge billy blanks on it it's done by my maybe my favorite artist of all time from ghana who actually doesn't make posters anymore and his name is africa ada um that that that's way high up there uh weird i'm looking at what that movie was because expect no mercy what 1995 yeah federal yeah. service agent justin has been assigned to infiltrate the mysterious virtual arts academy in search of, <laughs> in search of eric a fellow agent in this high-tech facility uh the maniacal leader warbeck is training assassins to become even more efficient killing machines using virtual reality wow i mean yeah, there it is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, um, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you here too. Uh-huh. I, I haven't seen the movie. I just, <laughs> <laughs> Neither. I'm not surprised, dude. I am not surprised. What the? F- oh, who's that actress? I've seen her in a bunch of shit before. Oh my god, hold on. I'm digging. I'm digging deep. Billy Blanks is in it. Uh, Jalal. I can't pronounce that last name. Marhi Wolf Larson. Who is the woman? Laurie Holden, is that her? Yeah. Yes. Laurie Holden's been in a bunch of stuff. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Weird. Well, like, so now my job is to watch Expect No Mercy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't find that. Let's check it out. <laughs> um, you know, uh, a, another one of my favorites, so there's, there's an artist named Mark Anthony, uh, he passed away recently. I was I was very lucky to meet him. He was he was uh, in in his in his late eighties. He was already blind by the time I met him. Oh wow! Uh, but uh, but when we spoke, he knew who I was, you know. And he he had been working with us for years and years before, uh, pretty much up until a year before he he went blind, and then essentially uh, the next year uh, uh, passed away. Oh wow! Uh, but there was you know there's a there was a painting that was it was just an untitled painting of a giant red bird um holding up holding up a a box uh with a snake coming out of it um and uh and uh skulls all around and um and uh this was actually so this was actually a movie poster that was made for somebody um, that was living in England who made a movie in Nigeria. Uh, so I set up the commission of this movie poster mm-hmm. and, uh, and before the guy could see it, uh, he, 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 or, or he, before it was even done, you know, I showed him a progress shot of it and he just absolutely hated it. And I was just like, well, hell yeah. like, good. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I took that one. Uh, and, um, that's awesome. And uh, and then later I got it tattooed on my chest. So oh, I, I, wow, dude. I, I just love that painting. Uh, yeah, there's there, there's top three right there. Uh, uh, n- number four, um, you've probably seen this one. It's by the artist Heavy J. Uh-huh. Uh, and Heavy J is Heavy J is um, I'm gonna say he's like the unofficial the unofficial group leader of Deadly Prey Gallery. Okay, um, among the artists. Um, He's a veteran artist. He started painting when he was 17 years old or maybe even younger. Uh, you know, he's in his mid forties now and he's been painting these posters for well over 25 years. Wow. Uh, and he actually, of the 10 guys, he's actually trained uh, four of them. 
um, of the 10 guys we work with. Oh, cool. uh, so I mean, to say he's a legendary Ghanaian uh, uh, movie poster painter is an understatement. He's just, he's so great. Um, and he made this ghost dog painting. I'm not sure if you've seen that one. I haven't um, seen the ghost dog one, but I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's just, it's a ghost dog painting with a, with a, with a, uh, you know, it's got Forrest Whitaker in it, you know, with, with all the artillery you need. Um, and, uh, and then it's got uh, a, a dog who's a ghost and then, and then uh, dogs with guns. So yes. I need pictures of all these, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll send them to you. I'll, I'll, yeah. We made a print of that one. I'll send you a print. Oh my God, dude. That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's it's too much. And then like, so I'd probably be uh, for number five. Okay, number fine. five now yeah. is uh, is going to be the seventh voyage of Singbad. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I love these so much. <laughs> so the seventh voyage of Singbad um, is painted by the artist Mister Brew, uh, who was um, who was the first artist that I became completely obsessed with. Um, I probably in the in the actual Deadly Prey collection. I probably have more posters by Mr. Brew than I do anybody else. Um, and and like Heavy J, he has a really definitive style that a lot of people who maybe have seen limited Ghanaian uh, hand painted Ghanaian movie posters they'll know his work. Oh, okay. Um, it, it it definitely sticks out, and he has his own style. Uh, and uh, yeah, this movie, The Seventh Voyage of Singbad, um, <laughs> it's just got it all, you know? And uh, I mean, it's not too dissimilar from the uh, one-armed Swadsman. But... <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, I love it. it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, I think that Mr. Brew is one of those, one of those, legendary, uh, one of those legendary artists in Ghana who who everybody should know about. I was, you know, I was trying to make a book about him. Um, I actually got the okay from him to make the book. Uh, and it's just kind of a work in progress at this point. I'm just trying to photograph all of the Mr. Brew paintings that, um, that I have and that also one of my friends has, or one of my friends has. Um, yeah. So that's a project for the future, but I, you know, I have to mention Mr. Brew for sure. We, we, we don't, we, we don't work with him. Uh, you, you know, like we know him and Kofi knows him, but we don't work with him personally. He just doesn't take commissions. Yeah. Uh, so Kofi ends up just picking up uh, paintings from him that he makes on his own. Ah, that's cool. So, uh, so you, you mentioned before, you're trying to do a documentary and all this, you're going to try to put a doc, a doc together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's about it's about three years in the making right now. Um, I have, uh, you know, and I, you, you, you know, at some point, maybe we should just release uh, a shorter, a shorter version of it before we make the epic documentary that we're that we're working on. Uh, um, just because I'd love to I'd love to get some footage out there when we've captured a ton of footage. I'm working with these people called On the Real Film, and they're just uh, they're just great people who I've been friends with for 15 years. And, uh, you know, and when they posed it to me that they'd like to, uh, that they'd like to work on something together, I, I was really excited. So we've, we've traveled to Ghana together. We've tra we've traveled to numerous shows around the U S and Europe together. So, uh, we've even shot a bunch of footage and not obsession. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, uh, it's, 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 Definitely been interesting, and there'll be something coming out in the future. I just don't know when. Yeah, well, I can't wait to see it, man. I can't wait. No. Like the the whole story is incredibly fascinating. The backstory is fascinating. Everything's so cool about this. It's 
so wild to think just from my in on this sitting in an office and looking at this weird fucking poster on the wall and hearing all this history um i love it dude it's 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 phenomenal and for those of you listening you you definitely have to check all this stuff out we'll put a bunch of resources below we'll put some resources on the website at loveontheprocess.com for this episode dig deep because uh it's just wonderful. I smile every time I scroll through these images. I think they're just phenomenal. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank man. you. Yeah, dude. And Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think we should probably wrap it up at this point. But um, oh yeah, is there anything that you want to plug directly to the audience? Yeah, I, I, yeah. So I mean, I'd be I'd I'd be wrong if I didn't plug this, and I plug this every time. Um, you know, uh, every time I talk with anyone, honestly, and it's all over the website and all that. Um, but you know, uh, making prints for these guys and, uh, and making it so they can make extra money after the original works and after the original commissions and paintings are all sold, um, you know, making these prints for these guys so they could make money after, after all the hard work is done has been life changing and I've, and I've seen it. Uh, and, um, I just want everyone to know that, you know, a hundred percent of our merch profits go directly to the artists. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual gallery, we make our money through the commissions. Uh, and again, the artists uh, with the commissions make the majority of the money as well. Um, so I just wanted to get it out there that, you know, I don't like the word gallery. I never have. Mm-hmm. I have the word deadly prey gallery in the, you know, in, in the name more so, so people know that it's art. Right. Um, but I don't want people to think that we're a traditional gallery. You know, we're, we're a traveling gallery, but it's, it's the artists that make this, not the curators. Um, and, and, and they're what's important and they're, and they're who we support. Uh, so, um, I, yeah, I just wanted to really get that out there first and foremost, because with all of the fun stuff we talk about and like how wild these posters are and all that, a lot of people forget, uh, the human beings behind them right, uh, right. and the human beings who are making them, um, you know, in a place that a lot of people, uh, I, um, of course, will never get the experience to travel to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, these these guys over there are leading real lives. They're working incredibly hard. And, um, you know, that's the, that's really that's really the main thing I want to say about Deadly Praise. It is these it is these 10 artists. I mean, there's there's Kofi and I working with them, but it's you know, it's heavy. J. I'm going to mention all their all their names real quick. If you please don't mind. do, please do. Yeah. Uh, so the artist names we work with, it's, uh, it's, um, heavy J Stoger, Mr. Nana Agik, Farkira, Magasco, Leonardo, uh, who I'm going to say Leonardo. I want to quickly point out about him. He's one of the, uh, you know, there's actually been probably, you know, 50 to a hundred different artists over the years who have made these, you know, from the, uh, the, the first ones were in the, uh, were in the mid eighties, the first posters, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and in that time, you know, a lot of these a lot of these artists have uh, have quit making posters, moved on to other jobs, uh, etc. Leonardo, who we're blessed to work with these days, uh, is one of the first three artists to ever make these paintings. He started in 1986. The first wow. paintings were in 1985. Wow. He started in 1986, and he's still making them today. And he's probably produced more hand-painted Ghanaian movie posters than any other artist, period. Um, wow. So I feel great talking about him. Um, after that, we have C.A. Wisely, uh, who, who made that Godfather uh, painting I talked about before and the Groundhog Day painting. Um, 
Nabiashiti, uh, Salvation, and Bright Obeng. And, uh, <laughs> and those are the 10 artists. I love the names. I love it. I love everything about it. I feel like they should be coming out in like sports jackets with their names on the back when you call out their names like that. They, they sound like really cool artists, really cool heroes. I love, I love, I, I love their names too. They're just so, yeah, it's so cool. Salvation. Oh man, Heavy <laughs> J, Leonardo, Barkira. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for giving me some history and, and, and making me fall even more in love with all this. Uh, I really appreciate it, dude. Thanks, Mike. This has been a pleasure. I, 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 I really love talking about this, so I appreciate the time. it is <laughs> uh, this episode is one of my favorites for the simple fact that uh it's crazy like this art these posters this 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 Ghanaian movie poster scene is nuts like when you look at these images it's bad shit you're like what the fuck is this they're psychedelic they're crazy they're all over the place and then as we dig deeper we start to understand where they come from we start to understand the culture that birthed these things we start to understand how they got brought into the U.S. And then we really start to understand uh, that uh, all the revenues for these things, all the money that comes in, the commissions, it goes to support these artists that are making more money than they would ever make doing them traditionally in their own country. And so I just feel like all the way around, this is a great episode. I feel good about putting this one out. Uh, uh, Brian's a really rad dude. I know that him and I, if you couldn't tell, him and I are going to have beers together and get deep, deep, deep and nerdy in this stuff because he's seen a lot of stuff that I haven't seen and that's the kind of guy you want to be friends with. You know what I mean? Um, so what do you guys think? Did you like it? Let me know. Leave me a review. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. And yes, I know not everybody listens to the show on Apple Podcasts, but the sad truth of it is that that's really the only place you can leave a review for the show and that you can rate the show. So even if you don't listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, just head on over there. You can do it on your phone if you have an iPhone. If you don't have an iPhone, you can do it on your computer. Head on over there and scroll down past a few episodes and it'll show the rating section where you can rate the show. I think you should leave five stars for today's episode. Uh, and let me know what you think of today's episode in your rating of it. You know, what do you think of today's episode? And, um, you know, every rating that happens on there, good or bad, helps the algorithm across all the platforms. And so the more ratings we get, the more that you guys communicate with me, the more viewers, the more listeners that we have, uh, then the better and bigger guests that I can do and have on the show that I can do on the show. Yeah, come on, buddy. Um, so yeah, please do so. And, uh, bunch of great, really great episodes on the way. Uh, I don't want to tease anything yet, but I'm in post-production on quite a few of them. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed last week's episodes. Hope you guys enjoyed the fucking batshit uh, special episode that I did with Bumper to Bumper. I love those guys. Um, and, I, you know, I should probably say something here because I really wasn't able to on the show. Um, but fucking Rick and Chris are, are wonderful dudes. Uh, very creative. 
very funny, very inspiring. And I just felt very fortunate to be a part of that and actually see, because I listened to their podcast anyways. I've, I've been a fan of Bumper to Bumper since I had heard about it. Um, and it was really fun to see these guys off the cuff. There really is no planning with those two. Um, and uh, really make shit funny. So thank you both for letting me on the show. And thank you guys for listening to it. And I hope you guys head on over and listen to their podcast because they deserve it. They deserve the traffic. They deserve the attention. Um, so support them as well, if you don't mind. All right. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, I should read some reviews because I promise you guys that I would. The folks that uh, spend the time to leave reviews do what it is that I ask on this show. So let's see. What do we got that's new? New reviews. Uh, here we go. Here's one for November 1st. Love the show. Five stars. Thank you. Very informative and thoughtful view on the film industry. Straight to the point. I like it. Um, uh, here's another one. I don't know if I've read this one on here yet. I'll read it again. Late to the party when you're... Uh, when you're an aspiring filmmaker, you're always on the lookout for good content to help you further your skills and knowledge base. After listening to a single episode, I was hooked and I immediately downloaded 15 to 20 back episodes. Hell yeah. Mike has curated, Mike has curated, if he can say, if he can make his fucking mouth work. Mike has curated not only an interesting podcast, uh, he brings on awesome and knowledgeable guests. Those conversations are some of my favorite episodes. Uh, check out the Ryan Conley episode. I, I couldn't stop laughing. And uh, the, the last review, one of the best filmmaking podcasts. Well, thank you so much, Nick V. Merchunk. Merchuk. Uh, five stars. I love this podcast. Mike is awesome host and is always sharing amazing insight and information. An incredible podcast for filmmakers. Well, thank you so much. Now, all those glowing reviews... Uh, I had done this prior, but I'll talk about it again. Here's, here's a, here's a bad review. <laughs> Let's show. Uh, this one is titled easy on the cursing three stars. Cursing seems kind of out of place and trashy. Otherwise great podcast for anyone interested in film. Well, fuck dude. My bad. Uh, should I class this join up a little bit? Maybe we just, gosh darn it. I'm so upset that uh, you are hurt by my uh, colorful language and my uh, emotionally expressive descriptions on the show. And um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Write to me. Should we clean up? Should I clean up my act? Do I need to get a sensor on the show? Give me your feedback. Let me know. And uh, I'll probably fucking ignore it. Anyway, thanks for listening to the show. And I will see you next Tuesday. Mm-hmm.